Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome fans, it's Thursday and it's time again for Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. We've got five dudes in the, in the uh, studio today, all dads. We've got some really interesting stuff to talk about. To my right, uh, first time guest and longtime listener, Brian O'Shaughnessy. Andy Brant Bernard. My Gelfand, second banana. Thomas Bernard, eighth banana. <laughs> nice. Can you turn the KQ feed off? I can actually hear it still. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit loud. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it's just blasted. I don't mind it except except even even when when I'm just hearing a little bit coming out of there. It's always against the wind. <laughs> it always is. My entire career was was just I, tortured I by against the I've, wind. I've told everybody I know that works there both on air and off air. I said, you guys know that the Beatles wrote more than three songs, right? Well, I told you, we played um, Living on a Prayer four times in six days. Yeah. I believe like, that. What are you doing? When yeah. Dwayne Berg was there and would call me in the morning, because they call me right. and say, are you ready to go on? And he goes, yeah, you'll be on right after that new one from REO Speedwagon. The new one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Ryan. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Anyway, uh, Brian, days is all I have to say to you. <laughs> thanks for driving up all the way from beautiful Red Wing, Minnesota, to be on the show. I thought As you could say driving up from Richfield. <laughs> no, 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 no. He lives in Red Wing now. Hey, that can be tough. Uh, yeah, Brian's true. one of the yeah. few people that ever recognized me in public. It was about, what, four year, four or five years ago? Yeah, at the Bayside. We were at the Bayside over the 4th of July oh, weekend. God. And he goes, Are you Doug Sprinthal? I'm like, 
do I have a sign? <laughs> well, so, which reminds me of another story, and then I'll get you to tell your car story. You remember right. my friend Jack Locking? You remember Jack? Oh, Jack, Jack sure. good guy. I remember yep. Jack. He was one of my mentors, general manager, did all kinds of stuff. Uh, and he did a lot of the same style ads that you and I do with Dave Lee on CCOs. Right. All live yes. call-ins, yep. and he'd talk about butter and farming and all weirdest shit. Nothing to do with cars, and people loved him. So Jack and I were at a meeting at our Hopkins Chrysler store, conveniently located at 314 Main Street in Hopkins, Minnesota. Um, and we went across the street to get some coffee. And there was a workman on a ladder in the entryway changing smoke detector or whatever. And uh, we walk in, and the guy says, hey, are you Jack Lucking? And he goes, why, yes, I am. How do you know? And he goes, it's your name tag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. So, That'll Brian, it. as you know, it's a tradition on Car Selling Secrets to have the guest uh, first time tell the story of their very first car. So you're up, pal. All right. Well, I, I had, uh, texted you that my very first car was a 67 Mustang convertible that Ooh. my dad bought me. Ooh. But... Hold on. <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> I, uh, I had already wrecked a couple of my mom's cars, and uh -huh. I had a job. So he came home with this 67 red Mustang with a black rag top. Now, how, uh, what year was I was, was this? 17, so that was 1975. Okay. And... Uh, so we're about the same age then. Pretty much. Yeah. I was 64. Yeah, I, I will be in a, um, three weeks. So anyway, you know, and you get in your mind this beautiful red, you know, so anyway, uh, it had rust in the wheel wells, so somebody just cut it off, you know, so sure. didn't really look like, you know, a Mustang, but I was kind of pumped, and it was a convertible, so I brought it down with all the boys, you know. And my buddy Cassidy, I say, what do you think of the mu Mustang? And he goes, uh, it's not a Mustang, that's a disgusting. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's not bad. <laughs> See, interestingly, my first car was a 65, not a convertible, but a hardtop. And everybody's like, oh, you owned a classic? In 1975, they weren't classics. Nobody wanted them. Mm -hmm. No, no. And no. they were cool-looking cars, but not the most durable things on the planet. And you just basically abused them. Mine got totaled on the river road right by where you went to high school at Pike Hall by oh, yeah. uh, the son of the people that owned the Rathskeller, the little 3-2 oh, joint sure. right in Dinkytown. He was oh, completely yeah. shit-faced at about 9 o'clock <laughs> at night. Um, the best feature that the the ragtops had, you know, there wasn't a lot of power roofs back then. Right. So you had to reach up and get your fingers pinched and those little things. And So when you fold that down, well, we had it up one day, and there was just... Where the roof goes in, it's just this huge trough. Yeah. So it's like, looks like beer will fit in there pretty good, you know? <laughs> and uh, nice. so I poked three holes in the bottom of that thing, and it would hold two cases of beer on ice plus still room for the roof, you know, and I could snap it down. So long story short, we I drive it to high school and have beer in the in the back, melting away, and school would get out and everybody drives away. And there's the disgusting sitting in the middle of the parking lot in this big puddle of water. Uh -oh. <laughs> there's no rain. Now, where did you go to school? Where did Red, you go to Red Wing High School. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That, we we uh, yeah we did stuff like that too back then. But it is funny because there's so many people that are, you know, love those '60s cars and they were cool. But oh. you know, when you and I grew up on them, they were hand-me-downs and. 
The worst car trade I've ever made uh, was I was in college. It was 1980 or eight. Whenever gas shot up to a dollar a gallon, yeah. which everybody goes, "Well, it's cheap." Well, when it goes from forty cents to a buck, that's right. it. Yep. And I was going to McAllister. I was working in Eden Prairie, and I was in a band, and we practiced in Bloomington. And I had a '68 442 that cool. got about seven miles per gallon. Yeah. Like, I can't afford to. So I traded uh, a buddy of mine even up for a 73 Mercury Capri. Oh, my God. Now, the Ouch. 442 was a rat. It really was. But even a rat today, that would probably be a thirty or $40,000 Oh, yeah, yeah. And somebody sure. would fix it up, and then it's $150,000. And I'm kind of guessing at those numbers, but... Yeah, this Mustang was a $500 car, and my dad, I had a job then, so when the, man, the, the, the old man was mad that I crashed a couple of mom's cars, going, you're going to pay me back for this, too. And, were okay, must, were Mustangs, know. were they the ones that used to explode and rear hit? No, rear that, was the, that, that was, was the Pinto. Pintos. The Pinto, yeah. right, yeah. It was the Pinto. That was yeah. Ford's first pass at a fuel-efficient vehicle. <laughs> Chevy had the Vega and the Corvair, and then Ford says, well... It, Think unsafe at any speed's bad. How about one that explodes? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, and a fender bender. Yeah, not, not. They were still designing them by hand and guess in those days. They mm -hmm. hadn't the computer-assisted design stuff hadn't come online. We got to shift gears, and this is going to be. I think this is going to be a great episode, but it's going to be a really difficult one because Brian has suffered some very difficult tragedies, and one of them is an unsolved case from several years ago. And my hopes really is, other than it's a fascinating story, is that somebody out there in podcast land what might possibly know something or it's it's a as I was telling Mike, it's a one in a million shot, but I think you gotta take it, right? Well that's what that's what we do all the time when we you know, get get a hold of the media and yep. we do functions for other people and uh, that's part of the So tell us the Jonathan story, please, sir. Well, Johnny was, uh, I'll skip it. Johnny was, uh, you were right, it was five years ago, July 3rd, and he was at Veterans Park in Richfield to the car show all day yep. and the carnivals, and then they have a street dance at night. And he lives in the neighborhood, and he went with his mother and his aunt. And on the way back, they're walking down this street we've walked a thousand times. <clears throat> this, excuse me, this car or this van comes down, comes across the lane, and the door opens up, and they said, "We're going to kill you," and open fire. Well, they out of nowhere, you know, just an ambush. Well, Johnny took two in the chest, and then he turned. To kind of, and got one in the back of the leg because he had grabbed his mom, you know. And uh, so, you know, they said that he was pretty much, it was hollow point, so bounced, you know, was a 22, but it bounced around, you know, and so he was gone, you know. So the, the hardest thing about that is it's not, oh, I mean, there's lots of hard things that I don't want to, be depressing today. You already are, but that's okay. Well, yeah, well, or, you know, and hopefully somebody can turn these creeps in, you know, right. I mean, you know, and, uh, but what our main focus is now is just to keep getting the weird word out and not try to make people sad. What we try to do is we do 
functions now for justice for Jonathan O'Shaughnessy. Not, and we're not blocking freeways, and we're not doing this where we... Uh, no car bombing? None of that. Okay. You know, we, uh, we like to do nice things for good people and, you know, the vets and, and whoever. We got a little scholarship that we give away. And uh, so that's what we mainly want to do and what, what helps us to do this. It's almost a selfish thing where, you know, you go feed 100 homeless people. You kind of feel good when you leave there, you know what I mean? It, you know, it's not replacing anything, but you're you're creating a good vibe, yeah. you know, and that's kind of the legacy you want to leave for Jonathan is a good vibe. We don't want, you know, stand on the steps and scream or anything, and that works well, for who do some you, people. Who do you scream at? There's nobody to yeah. scream at, you know. Can I give you a pro radio tip? If you take that earphone and turn it around... She's aimed in the wrong yeah, direction. Yeah, I I, we need a camera in here because he's being helped by Doug Sprinthal. What does that <laughs> tell you? Thanks. Thanks. Well, that's right. We do have a wrong camera. That's right. Is that, more, is that better? <laughs> that's, I'm telling you, Sprinthal. <laughs> so, so, I was it last summer that the, that Richfield said they had a possible lead, or that, well, they've identified a person of interest. Okay. Um, they're still investigating. It's still an active investigation, which is really cool. You know that they've. So, have they named this person, or is no? It they secret? haven't named him, and they're you know, and they can't really get into it. But there's okay. not a lot of cooperation, if you know what I mean. You know, and and so, as long as it's an active investigation, and our guy from the BCA that's got this case, he's busted his tail. We're we wouldn't be where we are now without him. He's taken it to heart, you know, and uh, so, the, you know. Because I seem to remember, it was I think it was your ex-wife, he was either on TV or was in the newspaper, I can't remember, and like, oh, man, this is great news. So Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they, they asked us to go on because, you know, whatever they're trying to do is turn the screws or flush somebody out. So they asked us to... to go on TV and say that they had a person of interest, maybe, you know, just like now or every everywhere we go, you know, somebody might hear it. It might hit somebody's soul after five years and say, I've, I've had enough. You know, yeah. the, the weird thing is, you know, that night when Johnny was shot, two bicyclists rode by right after it happened and have never come forward. So they saw it. Really? But, but they, you know, you can't, wherever yeah. they are, you know, it's kind of. And again, this is a one in a million shot, but if you're one of these guilt-stricken people or somebody that knows something, you can get a hold of me at DougAtWalzer.com and yeah. we'll get, get the info to Brian. And yeah, for sure. You never know. We, uh, we had a similar story, I think it was a year ago. We had a woman in whose son was involved in a really serious hit-and-run accident on a bicycle mm -hmm. up in Maple Grove. And. Yeah, I was stunned by the number of emails that I got about that, about here, check these junkyards and talk to these people. Wow, and, wow. Because they had some evidence, but they couldn't figure out who did it. And he, he wasn't, 
it didn't kill him, but he, he was in really bad shape. I mean, he was severely uh, disabled, and you know, it's tough stories. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, it is, it is tough, but it's happening. You know, it, yeah. it happens every day. Some, you know, somebody wakes up in the morning and their family's just destroyed. Yeah, and even you know, so to a certain extent, the other family, you know, whoever the shooter is, I'm sure their mom and dad don't want them out. Gunning people down, yeah. you know, so not they, a life goal you have for your children. Well, no, yeah, but you know, and then if they do get, you know, if they're sent away, yeah. so there be two sons or two, you know, people, family members gone and a and a family ruined, and it just don't make sense, you know. I don't want to pick on Richfield, but it's you know from being a very quiet yeah. second rim, uh, second tier tier suburb for. Decades, all of a sudden, there's been a lot of cases of gun violence in the last. Well, that was probably the first one, right? A, well, Johnny was the first one since the 70s. Yeah. You know, the, the murder. And then they've had one or two since then, but yeah. they've been solved. Uh, one was, you know, one was a family thing and he was still in the house. And, I, you know, the other one I really don't know. I, have, I think it was at the tell. high school, wasn't it? No, there well, was one at the high school recently. But not a murder, just a no, shooting. Yeah. Just a shooting. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's murder. all. Yeah, you know. Well, that's just my point exactly. Yeah, how right. How callous and your brain becomes to all this, you know. It's like you turn it off. And one of the things that we, you know, we learned right away is that that morning when the you know, you're up all, you know, you get all this news in the middle of the night and whatever, and and then you see the news broadcast, and the police say, well, this is just an isolated incident. <laughs> the public's not in danger. And we went and got a media company right away. It's like, wait a minute. This was <laughs> the fucking general public. You know, right. this wasn't, right. you know... People are in danger Family just driving down, down the street, the street yeah. you know. So why do you say that, you know, when you're a copper? So we, we didn't hit it off right away with the Richfield guys, you know. You kind of had, you know, never investigated a murder before and wanted well, to that's do it why, themselves. Well, you know, that's why we have the BCA, right? Well, yeah, but the, 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 the whole thing with that is that the city that it happened it's in, like Richfield, you always see in St. Paul, Minneapolis, you always see the BCA van there. Yeah. They have to be called by the host town before they can come. Okay. And it took us a year and a half to get the BCA involved because, you know, Paul Blart on a Segway wanted to... <laughs> wanted to Sorry, that's solve, really funny. Solve the crime Paul Blart. <laughs> you, know. you know what's amazing to me? By coincidence, before you came on this morning, the people on the show didn't know who was going to be on the podcast today and it's halloween in a couple of weeks so we were asked the question what is your greatest fear and they had a whole list of things i heard that and guess what mine was i heard you yeah mm. it uh, is man it is oh, yeah. you know and it's you know it's again it's a depressing topic but yeah it, is. it happens to families every day well, every day i yeah. think all fathers go through that andy is a young dad and i remember when my son was born, I spent the first two years of his life worrying that I was going to walk into his room and he'd be dead. Oh, yeah. I, it was right. just every, every, every And I, I didn't realize this until I was having cocktails with a buddy of mine who has two boys about eight or nine years later. And I said, God, when Wes was little, I just couldn't sleep for two years. And he goes, Doug, 
Every dad does that. I guess I'm not special. Yeah, I, I don't think you ever stop worrying. No, I don't I think you do. Think you so. just worry about no. different things. Yeah. Yeah. How you know, do you know when they're in high school, you worry about them doing stupid things, mm. taking yeah. you know, drugs or you know, drinking and driving too fast and killing people and stuff. And I don't know. So how when you wake up in the morning, do you, does it go from day to day? I mean, is it when you wake up, when I wake up first thing in the morning, it seems to me, and I don't know why, but it's all the bad stuff that comes first, and then you got to adjust to it and get out of bed, you know? Well, it, it is like that. You know, yep. it, it never goes away. It's always there. But at some point, you got to kind of compartmentalize it. Yeah. And then, you know, like I say, the things we do and the Justice for Jonathan and whatever, we're doing flags across America now here for for the holidays and and so it keeps your it's almost I was just thinking about it today it's almost you know Johnny's gone but it's almost still like helping him with his homework yeah or yeah. you know helping him with his art project or his, you know they put the stuff in the boxes and get graded on you know their site so it's almost you know it's it's so hard to explain but the worst thing, you know, is, is to, and we both go there, you know, you get, you know, the depression, but you have to, you go to the doctor, oh, you must be depressed, Brian, you know, here's this. Well, yeah, but that makes me feel shittier, you know, yeah. it's like, here's yeah. that. Finally, I said, you know, is there a pill that makes you happy? Well, no. Well, then I guess, you know, I'm going to have to do that myself, yeah. you know, I've done, you know. You know, this is going to raise your, make you feel a little more whatever the depression medicine does. All it did is give me a stomach ache, and I felt worse, you know, and it's like. You know, the one, the one thing I learned uh, after my brother committed suicide, is that was 20 years ago. But the one thing I learned from there is that um, a lot of people, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people in the same, in the same boat, been to support groups, that kind of thing, and a lot of people want to say well you know when when am i going to move on you know and, right but the, the reality of course is that you don't move on you go on but you don't yeah. move on right exactly exactly well i have a friend who's a, a priest and she's been on the show a couple of times dana and she has a daughter who has been fighting her for her life since she was 15 three or four years now that's just really rare terrible kind of cancer and she's had just hundreds of hours of surgeries and they're still moving on and we were talking one day and she says you know what pisses me off the most and i said what other than the fact your daughter has cancer she goes okay other the second thing yeah, that right, right. is people that say god only gives you what you can handle oh boy she oh goes boy. that's bullshit <laughs> yeah he yeah, didn't exactly. do this yeah hopefully yeah. he gives you the strength to get through it but yeah. this is not some part and and I hear ever since she said that, I mean, I've never said that to any of my friends that have gone through difficult times, but it, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Right. And they think they're helping, but I think that if you're in that position, it's like. Right. Well, you know, I'm not a big Bible thumper. We're <clears throat> Irish Catholics. Went to. 
Catholic oh, God. school. Come on, Mike. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. Oh, Brian and I are going to go at it now, baby. Ground number <laughs> Catholic Catholics. boys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it does give, you know, like he, even Jonathan, he went to Holy Angels. You know, we finally, you know, oh, sure. three sides of the family. It took us, you know, I was just a barkeep and... You know, so we worked and we put them through that high school, but it wasn't for the religion. Yeah, it's for the base mm -hmm. yeah. life. You know, right and wrong, and you know, and you know, he fit in pretty good over there. He was an O'Shaughnessy, so you know, and they were nice <laughs> enough. They planted a tree in front of the school for him, and you know, they've been awesome <coughs> over there too. So it's, I grew uh, up in Lexington, Massachusetts, and one of my best friends was Brian O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> one of like really? nine boys. Oh, yeah, they, oh, yeah. they had their own baseball team. Oh, like, sure. Oh, you know, yeah. one thing, Andy, you were very, very lucky because when you were born, and I suppose, you know, my brother Terry, who's older than me, went through it too, but my mother said, you're not going to name him August, are you? And I said, no, I am not going August. to name him August. Oh, you, don't, you don't know the story. I had never told you this no, story. No, that's a very specific worry. So the, <laughs> well. I know your dad, right? There must be a phobia for it. But yeah, I don't know. I'll tell you what the phobia is all about. <laughs> yeah. I've had uh, two great uncles and one uncle murdered. Huh. In my family, my mother's family. Oh, Uncle Augie, yeah. Uncle Augie, yeah. Mm. So the first Augie, they found him with his head stuck in a snowbank with both arms and both, both legs broken. Oh. So that was Augie part one. And then Eddie, his brother, was beaten to death. Wow. And then so they, so my grandmother had a baby boy. Well, just to honor him, I'm going to name my son August. Well, that August was thrown off a building to oh. his death. So when they asked me if I was going to name Andy August, no, no, I'm not. Seems to be an unlucky name. Yeah, yeah. let's not go with that. Well, yeah, there well, seems I mean, to be a trend in that family. Well, I will tell you one thing. My Uncle Augie had a female chauffeur and a car, but he never had a job. Mm. So what does that tell mm. you, Mike? Mm. <laughs> in North well, Minneapolis? Yeah. I wonder wow. what he was doing. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, yeah I, I had a, a certain branch of my relatives. You know, they... they uh, they always had the you know the the winter tan yeah <laughs> and and they always had the cadillacs oh yeah and uh but they didn't always have jobs <laughs> no didn't have a job but he did teach me a lesson just before well no it was about six years before he was murdered mm. on my seventh birthday augie the second comes over he said tommy before i leave tonight i'm going to give you the greatest gift you're ever going to get I said, okay, sounds good. So I'm all excited. I'm seven years old. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. So we're going through it, and everybody's left, and Augie's the only one left. So I said, Augie, um, Uncle Augie, uh, everybody's gone. He goes, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the greatest gift right now that you're ever going to get in your entire life, but I want to see everything else that you got. So I showed him my BB gun and whatever it is, and then my godmother gave me seven silver dollars. Oh, the coins. <clears throat> He said, could I see those? And I said, sure. And I gave them to him. He's looking at him. He goes, God, these are beautiful. What a great gift. Now, here's your gift from me. Put them in his pocket and said, don't ever give anybody your money. <laughs> and he never gave it back. Oh, that was that's harsh. A, that's a true story. <laughs> Beginning well, to understand a little bit about is. why he failed his flying lesson. <laughs> yeah, well, <there> is that. <laughs> yeah, he did it a little plummeting. Oh, they told my grandmother, of course, well, he slipped in the tub. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. why his whole head's caved in, right? Like, no. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. 
Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American banking company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. <laughs> we better not ad lib. All right, we won't ad lib. Never mind. People will. Well, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. You know, my uncle oh, Saul, he, he taught me the same lesson, but it was over a bet on a boxing match, and he only took a penny from me. So I got seven bucks, you got a penny. A penny, that was it's not it. Fair. Yeah. Seven silver dollars probably worth a lot more than seven bucks now. Oh, no, absolutely. Oh, gold. Yeah. Silver dollar coins, no question about it. But Brian, I tell okay. you what, I, you know, I heard you were coming in today, because I do remember years ago. I, yeah, I you called know, you. You called me on the air, and it was, man, that was tough. I know, you know, and... And in that situation there, you know, you just want to scream out. Oh, yeah. You want someone else to know, you yep. know, you're all balled up and, you know, you just, so I apologize for that. Oh, Maybe, no, 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 you don't ever apologize to me, man. You've been through what I have been trying to avoid and I so far have my entire life. It's just, I don't know what the hell I, Brian, I would tell you one thing. You're, you comport yourself very, very well, because if it happened to me, I don't know that my anger would ever abate. Well, you know, you, you go through that. You know, how, how many times, uh, how many different ways Oh yeah, I've I know. dreamt about it, planned it, you know, wish I was rich so I could hire a bunch of SWAT team guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's you, a good know, route to go. And, uh, you know, at some point, that has to be released, you know, and it's, you know, I, you know, smoke the occasional dube and have the occasional shot of Patron. There you go. But uh, I got really good family and my sister, and I got really good friends, you know, from, that's good. you know, from grade school, you know, so, and they don't treat me any different. They, that's good. You know, it's, you know, my nickname's been B.O. since I was in sixth grade. <laughs> well, that's nice of them. <laughs> you know, that's great. Well, my, my middle name was J, so I was either going to be B.J. Yeah, or B.O. Yeah, with B.O. Yeah, it's probably the lesser of two evils. So you got B.O. and I got tuberculosis, T.B. That's great. <laughs> Wonderful. All works out in the end. And I got spitball. That was oh, you got oh, spitball. Sure, yeah. Terrible. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, nobody can give yourself a nickname. No. 
No, you that's know. true. Well, some people try. Yeah, you know, well, they work. do it. They Just do. call me Sparky, or yeah, it doesn't <laughs> work out. I'm going to start Sparky from now Yeah, well, that's a good well, Sparky Sprinthal. When I moved away, well, this kid in high school, his nickname was Schmoll. We called him Schmoll. You know, it's like, you're Schmoll. When I moved back, yeah, he's like, hey, Schmoll. No, I'm dude now. What? <laughs> no, they call me dude. Everyone calls me dude. Uh, yeah. No, they don't. They call you small. You know, it's like fake it till you make it. What did you thing. change your? You can't change your own nickname. You know, it's like. Uh, but and uh, that, I think it's worse in small towns because my yeah. wife is from Hastings, which you know is a relatively small town, and one of her lifelong friends who was dating her older sister for a while is a guy named Brian Schomer, but. If you're in Hastings, his name's Gomer. Right. Oh, that's true. To this day, oh, sure. and he's uh, you know he's probably pushing sixty. I'm guessing. I don't know exactly, Brian, but it's just that's more of a small town thing. But yeah, you got he got to see uh, the big Lebowski, mm -hmm. and he grew his hair out and started drinking rum and cokes, mm. and now he was the dude. <laughs> he was the dude. <laughs> just skipped the whole acting lessons part of the persona and just went right for the bathrobe and the booze. <laughs> yeah. That's one reason it would be nice to have one of those unpronounceable Polish names. You can't make fun of it. Yeah. It's yeah. Like they can't even read it for one, so they don't know how to pronounce it to even make a fake name out of it. Like so put a vowel in there. Immune. That'd be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, cool. I, when I started covering baseball, it took me like a year and a half before I learned to spell Yastrzemski. Oh, God, oh, God. yes. And I figured once oh, yeah. I had that down, there was nothing left. You got it. Yeah, yeah, so imagine growing up in Lexington, you had to learn how to spell Yastrzemski in Massachusetts. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. God, I loved you. Carl, oh, God, what a player. He was absolutely amazing. I saw him, uh, you know, of course, he he, uh, he was probably, what was he? He must have been 41 or 2 when I was covering baseball. Really? And that was the thing I remember most about the first year covering baseball was going into the locker room of the Red Sox, and there was this, this old guy. He looked like, you know, someone's accountant. Oh. And, he had, of course, he had the huge eye black under his eyes. You know, he was still doing that sort right. of thing. And he was sitting at a desk, which was like one of those desks that are made for maybe fifth graders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he was using the inkwell as an ashtray. Oh, well. <laughs> did he not know that that went right through to the floor? <laughs> well, he placed an ashtray. Oh, no, he did. He put an ashtray <laughs> in there. I'll, I'll okay. tell you one thing. If he hadn't. They would have cleaned it up without saying it. I <laughs> would have to agree with you on that. Yeah, we had inkwell divots in our desks when I was a kid, and I, well, I was always like, what are these? What <laughs> is that? What's that there? I have there? no idea what I'm supposed to do with this. No, he was a hero when I was a kid. Oh, Yastrzemski? The yes. 1967 oh. series was, the, the whole season was, I was 10, so. Is that Triple yeah. Crown year? Yeah, triple Crown yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I remember when he when he won the Triple Crown, I'm like, I wonder if he's going to win it next year. It's like, <laughs> Well, Wait a minute, that only yeah. happens about every 15 or 20 but, years. But here's a fun fact. The next year, 1968, he, he, uh, he had the highest batting average, yeah. and it was 301. Yeah. 301, and that's, that's, uh, that's the lowest batting average uh, in the league going back. Right. That w and, to but, win, but '68 was the year they had the really high, the higher mounds, yeah. right? And well, Mickey oh, Rolich right. won yeah. 30 games, and but the but the fact is that you know, cutting going to to the Twins now, Luis Arias, 
He was his was the second lowest batting average. Three seventeen, three twelve. I think. I think it was. Uh, I think it was like like three. Yeah, it might have been three seventeen, three sixteen. Oh, I thought it was three twelve. It was for a while. I think that's what Aaron Judge and, wound up at. Shall and, I oh, Google this man? Yeah, what <laughs> what'd you, you say? Always do. Some American Argy. League batting average champion. <laughs> New nickname. Oh, 2022. And the only reason the only reason that Arias won the batting average title was because in the last month of the season. All Aaron Judge did was try to hit a home run. Yeah, that's correct. Right. And, that's correct. And second, no one would pitch to him. Yep. So he's always lunging at pitches out of yep. the strike zone and trying to get to 62. That's right. right. And he, he got there. He, he finally yep. got there. Yeah, but Very it hurt his, his batting average probably probably cost him 20 points. Probably. Easily. And he would have won the Triple Crown. Well, tw- yeah, 3, yep. 3, 12, 3, 16, whatever it was, that's that's pretty, well, it's not as low as a 301, but it's pretty damn low. It's it's low, and especially when you don't really produce runs any other way. And then when your best friend, didn't he used to hit around 360 all the time? Yeah, yeah, Carew, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rod Carew, great buddy of Mike Gelfand's. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think that, I think Rod Carew, more than anyone that I that I ever covered, kind of helped me establish my brand, you know. Yeah, that's probably true. By threatening to kill me every day. Oh, did, did I tell he really? Oh, every day. Every day. Never missed a day. It's, it got to the point where I'd, yeah, I'd see him. Pretty hollow ap- at that point. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean much. I'd see him approaching, and I and before he could say anything, I'd say, yeah, I, I know, Rod. I know. You're going to kill me. Okay? Okay. <laughs> now, Brian, you got to hear this one. And I'm going to ask Mike the question. So he and Rod Carew didn't get along too well. They built the Metrodome. And I said, Mike, this is on the air live on KQRS. I said, Mike, I'm sure you're pretty happy about the fact that the street right behind the Metrodome was named after Rod Carew. And you asked me. Well, it must be called Psychopath. Oh! <laughs> not, not Rod Carew, Carew, it was Psychopath. <laughs> well, I laughed for about a week. Well, he came to our little league when I was just a kiddo and... Uh, he wasn't a very nice man to any of us kids. You know, oh, he wasn't nice to kids either. No, God, we were very all unpleasant little, guy. Little leaguers. Why, why was he there? Well, you know, I suppose he got five hundred bucks yeah. and a, you know, Probably got paid. Wow, and a ride down. You know, yeah. <laughs> why do you want to treat people like that? I just don't yeah. understand that. Never well, liked him after that. Rod, Rod Carew no. was an angry guy, and was, people would yeah. always say, "Well, you know, what does he have to be angry about, man? He hits three sixty. You know, he's making all this money. Look, if if you're born angry, if you're in an angry yeah. sort of situation <laughs> when you're true. growing up." It doesn't matter. You're always going to be angry. What are you looking right. at me for? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's the new Tom here, man. Yeah. There you go. No, I mean, that, that's a very good point to make, though, but Brian. In, in your situation, once again, because I do have that underlying anger. I don't even deny it. I don't know what the hell I would have done. I really don't know. Well, I couldn't tell you to this day if I was face-to-face, well, oh, yeah. what I'd do. Yeah. You know, I mean, yep. Um, and if you think that that is enough for one person to handle, there's a second side to the story. And I talked to Brian about this a couple of days ago. If he was okay sharing it, what's the worst thing that can happen other than losing one son? You didn't go with two. Yeah, my uh, oldest son passed away July 28th. Oh, God. His addiction is a oh, kills. Yeah. Was that part of the, the previous deal? Do you think? His drug use, did it have something to do with his brother dying? Oh, no, no, oh, no. further back? No, okay. it, it's, it was 38, <clears throat> and uh, he's been fighting it 
oh, during okay. years. Okay. You know, in fact, I'll give you an, an example of addiction, and I'm sure you know. I don't want to suppose, but Mike probably gets this, and everyone, you know, like uh, the day after Johnny was shot. I had to get Michael out of jail oh, for possession God. of meth. Oh, the next man. afternoon, I'm over in Pierce County getting him out. And so we fought it and fought it, and he just, uh, when when they're addicted like that, and he, you know, he's drinking, he's an Irish boy, so he put some Jameson away, and then, you know, you, you hit the meth, and then you got to come down and go to sleep. So you get the fentanyl, and mm. oh yeah. And uh, so, not only that, we had a, you know, I was in the bar business a long time, so I had a bunch of guys that were musicians, you know, like Doug, and and we all got together and had a celebration of life, and everybody played, and my friend Brian Naughton, who's a guitar player, and. One of my best friends, and he goes. Uh, I didn't know that. I don't know Brian Ver. I know who he is. Obviously, he's a great, great musician. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he looks out the window. Oh, he goes, Bill, what, what's Michael doing? Well, we had the auction in the back room and stuff. Here's Michael loading up auction, auction items in the trunk of his car so he can bring him to the pawn shop yeah. at his own brother's, mm. you know. Oh, yeah. So when, you, but, but when you're addicted, you know, I'm not trying to jam up Michael at all, you know. No, but you're not, at, this, at that point, they look the same, they sound the same, they, but they're not the same, you know. And you right. just, you know, and that's so hard for families to really get. It's like, why isn't he listening to me? Well, he's... Not him, right. you know. He's someone else, you know. So anyway, he ended up <coughs> unconscious. So I get the call. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh, he's on a ventilator and he's unconscious and he hadn't woke up for seven days. And so they said, "Well, you got to get this ventilator out, and you know, we're gonna need you to do it." So you know, so we go up. So we're pulling the plug on your. My son, Jesus. you know. So I lean over and I just said, you don't owe anybody any fucking money. You don't owe anything like that. You got one thing to do, and that's breathe. And they took the ventilator out, and he, he did breathe for about 17 days and then fell back into it, and there was going to be no recovery. So not only do you get to unplug your son once, you get to do it twice. Jesus. <laughs> you know? So, you know, here we go with the... But there's a lesson learned there, you know. Michael, he's turned down for, he needed, he had a bad liver because of all this, and was going to get a liver transplant and straighten up, but never could quite do it, you know. And uh, nobody could force him. I slapped him upside the head a few times, brought him to live with me, you know. Well, it, like I say, they're not them anymore. They look like your kid and sound like it, but. Your kid's gone, you know, it's someone else. And, and so it's a hard uh, hard thing, but, you know, uh, you have to, that's a tragedy in itself, but Michael's been trying to kill himself <coughs> for 15 years, you know. Or, yeah. So it doesn't come as a shock, really, you know, and all the hospitalizations. But, yeah, 
you know? Kind you know what amazed me about that is that you think about what you've been through, and then I'm looking at the at the a newspaper. I'm going to say which one it is, and all I see are complaints about, oh, you called me the wrong surname. I'm deeply hurt. I'm a victim. No, yeah. you're not. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, seriously. Well, I, when you talk about that, Tom, oh, on, on KQ, awesome. I always, you know, I I understand it. There, uh, I disagree a little bit be, because just by circumstance. You're a victim, you know. Right, you're aware right. of, but you don't have to portray that forever. I mean, that mm -hmm. happened to you that day, and we were a victim that day. You know, it doesn't. It's not a life sentence, or you know, you can't get anything out of that. You know, for yourself, you can't heal, you can't soothe yourself, or anything. You have to somehow, you know. Like you know, like I said before, I got lots of good friends, and my sister's a stud, and you know, and so. You See, know. you use the wrong pronoun. Well, I know, Brian. Well, she's not going to mind. <laughs> she's not going to mind. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I hate to devolve into politics, but people have now learned that if uh, things don't go their way, it must mean they're a victim. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, yeah. Right. And, yeah. you yep. know, that's, I don't know that that's ever going to stop. I don't think it is, Mike. I think we're in this for the long haul. Everybody's going to make the joke? Go ahead. It's all you people have been saying for 2,000 years. <laughs> no! That's got to be right from, who wrote that movie? <laughs> movie? <laughs> No, I don't know. I just, I, I just wish people see. Once again, I what I try to do because I can get out of line once in a while. There's no question about that. But you try to learn from other things that maybe you should be a little happier than you are. I you think. Know? Oh yeah, that's right. exactly right. Well, you can make yourself sad, you know, yep. if you want to, but you gotta, uh, you know. I, and that's one of the things. I, we're not friends. I mean, this is really the only the second time we've met. We chat on Facebook once in a while, but. That's one of the things about you that I find really impressive. Just to lose one child would, I think, knock mm. me to my knees. And yes. two, I don't yep. know if I would be. You know, you're you're a positive, happy guy. I uh, just I don't I don't see the alternative. Yeah, well, well a lot of people right. do. You know, you know, you know. Well, yeah, you know. I'm 64. I'm gonna try to get. Uh, Everything in that I yeah. want, you know what I mean. I don't want to. You're not, you're not hoping for the Vikings to win the. <laughs> well, you know that would be nice. I mean, you, you got to be realistic, Brian. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to live forever. No, I don't. I'm a guy that's from Massachusetts whose team won the Super Bowl about 85 yeah. times. Yeah, well, right. wait. I was a Red Sox fan, and we had we went from 1918 to 2004. That is yeah. right. That is we were almost right. 0 for 100. So oh, it's amazing. And then oh, steroids like came along, and whoa! Yeah. The funny down. thing was, well, then they got Big Poppy. Yes, you know, so kind of, us, about, of yeah. course. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. 
the free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant we go back and forth between really somber topics and baseball history. That's all you got to so do, man. What's both of my grandmothers were alive in 1986, and I'm, I'm living in Minnesota. I'm watching Game 6, and I have my Rolodex, my phone book out, because I'm going to call both of them when we inevitably win the World Series in Game 6. Of course. And my mom's mom, my grandmother and uh, my mom's side, used to sneak my mother out of grade school to go watch Ted Williams play in the oh, pools. I, I mean, He's yeah. a baseball fan. And my other grandmother it saw Babe Ruth pitch for the Red Sox in 1916 oh when she was getting her master's at BU. Wow. So big baseball family. And when that ball went through his legs, oh, I yeah. closed the Rolodex and I fired the effing thing against the wall, <laughs> shut the TV off, and I didn't Bill watch Buckner. Game 7 because I knew they were going to lose, yeah. and sure enough, they did. Yeah. Oh, so I'll... cry me a river about the Vikings. Oh, I'm not kidding you, man. Bill Buckner, I did, he, did he ever get over that? Oh, yeah. he's on well, he Curb Your Enthusiasm, there's an episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. I <laughs> forgot about that. The fans didn't get over it. No, the Northern he, he did. I think he is, yeah, but he was making fun of himself. And the culmination of the episode is there's a, they're walking down the street and uh, and there's an apartment building on fire, and a woman has got her baby and she throws oh, it right. out and Buckner runs down the street and you're like oh my god Larry David you can't have him drop the kid, and he makes the catch. He was, makes so, it. on some level he got over go it. That's phenomenal. <laughs> right through his legs. And I think it, in fairness to uh, Bill, he. I remember right, he was playing with a hamstring injury. And yeah. Maybe shouldn't have been yeah. in the game, but but when that happened, I'm like, you, know, you effers. <laughs> he had a pretty good career too. Up, you know, yeah. Buckner was a good player. Good player. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's it's kind of too he, bad. But when they when she threw the baby, I'm like, oh. God. <laughs> Larry. Larry, Larry, don't do it. You didn't write this. <laughs> yeah. You know, my favorite my favorite moment of the playoffs this year so far, mm. it's Josh Donaldson hitting a long fly ball 
and sitting there admiring it. I know. That and, was amazing. You know, it's funny because we've talked about Donaldson <coughs> in the past here. And, uh, but he just sits there. And, of course, it winds up uh, bouncing off the very top of the fence. Mm. He winds up being thrown out at first base. First base. <laughs> Got thrown out at first base. Yeah. Almost trying to do a called shot kind of thing, but oh. it didn't yeah. really work very well. Little league guy, and he's he got all the talent. This is what the they all do. He's just know. a prick. Josh know? Donaldson is, is a horrible person, but yeah. they all do it. You know, they hit the long fly ball, and they don't want to be embarrassed by running and then finding oh, out they didn't yeah. have to run. So they don't do anything. Oh. You get your ass kicked for that, even in Little League. Oh, you run out everything. <laughs> well, especially in Little League, yeah. actually, because they don't get their ass kicked for them in the majors. Yeah, that's right. It's but just, Little League is where you learn the It's just, you know, if, if, if one of my players did it, if Billy or Jimmy or Shlomo did it, Shlomo, I'd be very upset. Sure. Well, I wanted oh, to be right. all inclusive. Particularly if Shlomo does it. Yeah. <laughs> well, very, Shlomo very had an excuse because he was always, uh, you know, there was always a holiday. <laughs> so he didn't make it to the yeah, games but, or the practice very often. But you think of I will the... tell you, that Mike is not joking. So <laughs> this, my software job, this company that Walzer spun off, our development team is in Israel. Yep. Every other week. The second week of September until mm-hmm. the end of uh, Halloween, nobody in the country works. It's one after another. Well, those are so, just the conventional God. holidays. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. There's... I mean, I mean my, my Orthodox Jewish friends in the diaspora, Believe me, they have they have a whole catalog of holidays that none of us have ever heard of. You know, the, and my, and I, I learned a lot about it, you know, coaching little league, and there were you know there were always a couple kids from the uh, from the diaspora. Well, I mean, if a culture is three thousand years old, you only add in a holiday every hundred years. Three hundred. That's still yeah. yeah. Still yeah. Although the Catholics, are, the Catholics have taken a page from that. My wife oh, works God, at yeah. Seas oh, in yeah. Hastings, and oh, yeah. she's like, "Well, I'm off on Mondays." Why are you off? Well, it's uh, the mm-hmm. Feast of St. Leviticus. I had a friend in, uh, it was in grade school, and he was going to a Catholic school, and he wasn't paying attention to the teacher, and um, they were talking about holidays. I think it was, it's like the first Tuesday after Easter or something, I don't know. And she calls on him, and she says, okay, what's the name of the holiday? And he goes, holy... Tuesday, <laughs> and he was right. And he was right. Yeah. Holy Tuesday. Holy t- he just he made just it up. Guessed. Yeah. Well, that's Fat Tuesday. That's the day before <laughs> the start of Lent. Yeah, well, that would work, that would work for him for two days a week because there's Holy Saturday too. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you just guess a day and holy call it Holy, Tuesday. there you go. You got a Catholic holiday. Well, I had a I had a next door neighbor. He he uh, he moved eventually to uh, Rockland County, New York. Mm-hmm. Where uh, he went, he moved to a town called Monsey, which had a population at the time of like thirty thousand, and I think they had at the time something like hundred and fifty synagogues. hundred and fifty and thirty thousand. Well, the Orthodox Jews like small schools. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. So, but but um, unlike in Minnesota, like the big ones in the Minnesota. Mega churches, well, yeah. you know, the ones you know about are big. Well, that's true. But yeah, the yeah, ones you don't point. know about. No, that's, that's yeah, we, have, we have a bunch of small churches in our town. Yeah. You probably have like five. Hmm. It's crazy. So so uh, he invited me over for, he used to invite me over for dinner on the, on the Sabbath occasionally. I'd go over there on Friday nights, and uh, his wife, who uh, worked, uh, worked all day long, then had to come home and make the Sabbath dinner. Of course, she'd get up at 5 a.m. to start making, you know, like the bread and things. So it was about mm-hmm. it was it was a relaxing holiday for everyone except her. For her, it was about a twenty-hour workday. Yeah, well, and, that's true. And so uh, he said, uh, so he said, Mike, uh, 
after we were done eating, he said, Mike, uh, you know, we're going to go over to the synagogue uh, because, of course, it's a big holiday, and, and uh, why don't you come over with us? I said, well, <clears throat> you know, I hate to seem ignorant, but what is the holiday? And he said, oh, well, it's Shemini Atzeret. Don't you know that? <laughs> of course. And I said, well, I, you know, I'd heard about it, but, and I said, uh, and he said, yeah, well, you know, now it's like 9.30. It's getting light. And uh, he said, and I said, well, um, uh, how long? Uh, how long does the the service last? He said, well, we should be out of there by eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is, man, I I got medication to take. I've got a cat. I can't <laughs> I have a cat. Well, I've used that excuse before. Sorry, I got my cat. Yeah, yeah, oh, cat. He, he needs to be fed. fed yeah, well, you can no, put on a kinky Friedman <laughs> album. You're good to go. That's about Everything it. Good. By the way. Have you seen the show The Patient? Steve yes, Carell. Yes, I'm watching that. It's brilliant. Holy Hannah! But he, you see when he, you see the episode where he started reading the Kaddish? Yes, that's the last it one I watched. Scared the pit. I mean, he's so, standing there reading, it, and he's chained up at the leg. He plays a, a therapist. Yeah. Uh, and one of his patients turns out to be a mass murderer. Oh, young God. kid. He's like 19 oh, or 20 it, or right? something. Woo. And uh, but but. He wants to get help, and so the the kid thinks, well, what better way than just to kidnap my therapist and chain him to a bed in the basement of my well, house? And Steve Carell is terrific. He's amazingly good at it. Yeah, right. He is terrific in that movie. Talisman. So, so where where can I see this? It's on. Uh, it's on TV. Is it on? It's on Hulu. <laughs> Hulu. Just go to Channel Seven. Steve Carell's character's wife had passed away of cancer. Oh. He's got a couple of kids. The oldest son is split from the family because he became an Orthodox Jew and his mother told him he was joining a cult. So there's all this, this sort of family dynamics, but the, it's a really powerful and dark show. But I now, don't if you want to watch something that's I, more I gotta fun... i one more thing Go before ahead. we move on. When he's doing the Kaddish, remember what ha- Should I tell him what happened, sure. how he's doing it, or should would that ruin it for him? Ah, maybe let him watch it. Yeah, I'll let him yeah. watch it. He tries to do it from memory. Mm-hmm. And what happens is... Really yeah. creepy. It's amazing. It's a great, great show. He's a he is terrific in that show. I mean, he's that's a really good actor. He's a really good actor. You know, he it would have been so easy for him to play Michael Scott for the rest of his life. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I think John Ham has that problem. Yes, you know, he, does. he was oh, yeah. so big in he Mad does, Men, yeah. and now he just can do progressive commercials <laughs> right? because yeah. nobody can picture him doing anything that's, else. That's probably half of all actors if you think about yeah. it. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah. So is, is Steve Carell? I you know I, I hate to ask the obvious question. I don't, but I don't know if he is. Yeah. He, is he Jewish? He seems like he is. I, I, I never heard to me that he might be, but he portrays it. Very, very well. What do you mean he seems to be? What is he, tight with a dollar? No, just He acts pretty Jewish. His, yeah, yeah, I know, really that really Jewish. is a terrible thing to say. But <laughs> <laughs> he looks very different than his Michael Scott character. Oh, he's, very he's, different. His hair is a lot curlier, and it's yep. all gray, and he's got a beard, and he's pretty professorial. And well, Andy, well, you, can you help us with this question? He is Roman Catholic. Yeah, I oh, didn't okay. think he was Jewish. So I'm not watching. There's an old <laughs> <of course. laughs> you're not gonna, you're out. No, Once again, no, well, we're 
where you're going to find a Jewish actor. It's not easy to do. I mean, you no. know. Well, it's, he plays a guy who converted to Judaism. Yes, so. exactly. Oh, that's oh, how they okay. get around you it. Know, okay. So now you used to sing a song in the 60s. I don't know if it was a real song, but the first line was, Steve McQueen is Jewish. Would you believe it? And it goes on and on and names all these famous actors that are actually Jewish. Yeah. Kind of sounds like the Adam Sandler song. Yeah, isn't that the Adam Sandler? Yeah. I, think, I think that came later. Could have been. Mm, it might have been a ripoff, I wonder. But Maybe. honestly, God, Mike, you have to watch it because just his facial expressions, his body language, he nails this role yeah. of man. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, it's good. Anyway, you said there was some so other So the other one, one, and I've mentioned this before, is called Reboot, and it's about a... There was a sitcom in the 90s coming-of-age thing, and this woman who winds up being a Hollywood writer uh, in present day wants to remake it and gets all the original... They were formerly you know, really young actors. Now they're you know middle-aged and stuff, and super dark stories, but the woman is is very funny, and her dad is a Hollywood producer played by Paul Reiser, and he is... I love him. He's phenomenally great. funny. He's really every, funny. Every show, there's... They, they fire, and Mike, you used to do this on the morning show, um, and it was one of the reasons that I, I listened to it, is that you would throw jokes by people so fast, you go, wait, did, what, what did he just say? <laughs> and I love that. It's really yeah. cool. And this is, Paul Reiser, every show gets a couple of lines like that. It's like, whoa. Yeah, he's terrific. So that's called the, uh, the uh, reboot. He, he appeared in the studio once. Remember who he brought it with him? I will never forget as long as I live. It was a dream come true for me. Paul Reiser comes in. He's got a movie. I, I can't remember the name of the movie now. But it's about 10, 12 years ago, something like that. All of a sudden around the corner comes Peter Falk. Oh, In man. Studio B at the, at the queue. Probably had nice. to be a while ago. I was going to yeah, say, it was, it was, when you more think like it's 10, once years. you get older, when you yeah, think it's 10 true. years ago, just double it. Yeah, now. It's already <laughs> happening, yeah. So, Brian... Peter Falk's one of my favorite of all time. Oh, I adore sure. that man, right? Great talent. So at the end of the interview, he comes up and gives me a hug yeah. and whispers in my ear, Kid, what are you doing in Minneapolis? What a nice thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Peter yeah. Falk died 11 years ago. And then when he left, did he stop and go, and another thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more thing. Yeah. It's just one more thing. It's just one more thing. God, those two, Paul Reiser and Peter Falk together, forget it. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Right. The in-laws is one of my favorite movies. Oh, God. Serpentine, Shell, Serpentine. <laughs> you got to join the agency because the benefits, although the key is the, the benefit program is staying alive. You know what's kind of sad, though? <laughs> He said, and in that movie, Peter Falk said he's talking about taxation and the United States. And he goes, I mean, what's the world going to be like when a 12 pack of Budweiser is $1,200? Well, it's almost there now. <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> so there you go. I know. <laughs> Who played the president of the island nation? What was that guy's oh, name? Oh, yeah. He was um, really Victor, funny, too. Victor, his first name is Victor, but I can't remember when his last name. When he rolls out the flag, it's a black <laughs> belt and a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> that's your wife? No, it's a prostitute from the village. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful flag, General. <laughs> you know, I, I have missed so much because of horse racing. Oh, I suppose. How's your horse racing going? It's fine, yeah. Making a little dough? I don't I don't bet on the horses as, as much, and by what, that I mean the amount I bet and the frequency yeah. as I used to because I try to write as often as I gamble. So, well, that's a good thing. You know, well, it's, a, it's a balanced balance life. Is, you balance know. is a good thing. But, uh, but I, I, I'm sharp there. You know, I think that I've known so many, so many gamblers at the racetrack who were in their 80s and all pretty sharp. 
So I think if I've got any chance of dodging the family scourge, it, it might. I convince myself that it's horse racing. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Got to do a the lot New of York Times crossword puzzle. It's probably do the same thing, and it's a lot cheaper. Indeed. Yeah. Well, but but uh, it's not as much fun. Hmm. I mean, you know, you don't have as many many horrible stories about. How you were about to make sixty thousand dollars, and then your horse jumped over the fence, and, was, <laughs> and then and then drowned in the pool. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, crossword puzzle world is kind of without that level of excitement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although if I can make it through Thursday, when I used to do it pretty often, I was always proud of myself. Although my, you know, my oldest son Jake did win the Winter Carnival crossword puzzles uh, contest mm. a few years ago. Wow. Yeah. They do those things in like a minute. Well, oh, it's, it's quick. Know. And the yeah. funny thing is, he beat he beat uh, a guy by the name of Bob Lundegaard, who was oh yeah, who was one of my oldest friends. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, cut. he's actually literally one of my oldest friends, because he's like ninety one. Oh. Is that right? And he's, oh. and he's like still playing tennis and doing crossword wow. puzzles. Okay, see, right now I just got really pissed off because I put in cast of the in-laws, and they brought up the second version with uh, Michael why Douglas. Why would you remake that like, movie? Why would you ever remake that movie? Every yeah. movie has been remade at this point. Out of your mind? Well, sometimes the remake is better. But sometimes. Not in this case. Not in this case. Talk amongst yourself. I'm going to find out. It's, well, I think his name is Victor can, or something. We can talk to Tire Carver. Tire, Tire Carver. How are you, son? Doing good. Wanted to pick on you about your commercial this morning at 6.30. Uh, okay, what did I do wrong this time, Your Royal Highness? <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, talking about the GT40. Uh, yes. You remember what race series you put it in? Uh, Le Mans. It's not a Formula One car. Oh, that's right. You're right. I, I knew that as soon as I said it. You idiot! Yeah. I, of course. <laughs> this is like a. This is like the scene from My Cousin Vinny. It is. It is. Because yeah. no, they didn't right. make it in '90. No, it was Le Mans is not a Formula One race. <laughs> uh, and I knew that. You know, it's funny. And this is why I. Know, I don't pick on Biden. I don't pick on Trump. When you're doing live media, even mm -hmm. if you're just a used car salesman, you're gonna screw stuff up. The worst one was. I think it was during the Floyd riots when I said that I, I came out in favor of police violence. I'm like, no, what I meant to say was... <laughs> police <laughs> violence, yes. Sometimes you need a little Come violence. Come buy a car from us. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, that's, uh, I, it's funny uh, that you mentioned that because I, I'm flipping through getting ready to talk about these specific cars on the cool car section on, on walzer.com. I'm like, you know, I always look at the stuff that I could afford, the 10, 15, the yeah. old Corvette or something. I'm like, what's at the other end? Because we've got all these luxury oh, God, stores yeah. down in Wichita. Yeah. They got an 05 Ford GT. Now, there, here's an interesting story. That You know why they couldn't call it the GT40? Because Ford didn't copyright the name back in the 60s. Really? Yep. Wow. So this was a tribute car that they made in 04, 05, and 06, I think. Well, but so who owns, who owns the copyright then? Did someone else take it? Somebody, yeah, somebody bought it, uh, ransomed it. So they just, huh. Ford said, screw it, we'll just call it the GT. 
And these cars were, they were super rare even then, and they were, I think, window sticker was 150 grand, which, that's a lot of money now. In 04, that was just In 04, that's probably yeah. almost twice as but much, But yeah. they've become really collectible, and this particular car had 1,800 miles on it, and we're selling it for 450 Eight ninety nine because we couldn't just say four hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars. We have to do so, the car thing and add the eight ninety nine. That's a lot less than four sixty. So, by the way, uh, thanks for correcting me as always. Yeah, typical tire. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. That's true. I have <laughs> two ex wives. Oh my God! Oh. It's only two. I thought it was more. Does that no. Mean that? Oh goody. I'm, I'm now put in with ex wives. Yeah. Yeah, but that's gonna be a thrill <laughs> for you. No question about it. By the way, Mr. Sprinthal, his name was Richard Libertini. Ah, okay. Played General Garcia. But I got to show you guys something. They really think that's supposed to look like Peter Falk? Wow. Look at this picture. Who, what huh. the hell's that supposed yeah. to be? Where is he? I, it looks like my Uncle Second Jaime. guy in. Oh. So it says Peter Falk right under there. Yeah, I think that's uh, not quite right. That's, yeah, he's like in a costume or something. Falk. I don't know. <laughs> that's not his it facial like, structure. It looks like no. Vince Vaughn's high school graduation picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, yes, it does actually. I'm looking at it like, what the hell? What is that supposed to be? Because that is not Peter Falk. There's no doubt. And those AI generated lists are always. Oh yeah, there's yeah. always stuff like that. Yeah. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. And now that I saw his picture, thanks for this rest of the day, I'll be going, do you like these men? Have <laughs> 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 the voice down. Oh, God, he nailed that role. Oh, yes, yes, I do. I like these men a lot. God, what a great... I'm going to have to go watch that movie again. Alan Arkin, in their beaks. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, he's talking about the flies, yes. Gary. Yes. Anyway, watch uh, The In-Laws of your... Feeling down, oh, God, the yeah, onset of winter. But not just the a remake, wonderful movie. apparently. Not the remake. Blo- Why that blows. Would you remake that movie. I still don't understand. So, oh, when was 2003? I think it was a remake. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say. I think the in, the original was the late 80s or so. That's about right. Yeah. Uh, 1979. Seven, late oh. 70s. Whoa! Yeah. At 10 and oh, yeah. 43 years ago. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Only 43. Yeah. And by the way, it was so long ago that Ed Bagley Jr. is not wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long Still time driving ago. driving a car with gasoline. Uh, yeah. That's right. Very yeah, good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly it that's my theory about the woke generation at some point the only actor left in hollywood will be ed baker jr <laughs> i love him though he's a great guy i hear he's wonderful I like him yeah, too. we've had him on a few times he's just a very genuinely nice man even in that show young sheldon oh yeah you know oh, yeah. he's good in there he's too. terrific well, he's a happy guy yeah 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 he seems to be a very happy yep. guy which was hey as long as you're happy with it instead of always angry because of it mm-hmm. right. i don't care if it's left right or whatever yeah like I said, my two two favorite words right now is the woke on the left and the holy on the right. It's like both of you just get out of the hell, get away from me. Right. Leave me alone. Right. Everything's going to be fine. I It'll agree. be great. I don't know. Mike's not convinced, and I'm not either. I see a dangerous trend here. Yeah, I do too. It's, uh, yeah. Why? Well, I uh, guess because people have emerged from uh, from the uh, spawn of the maggots to uh and they uh i'm sorry about the metaphor <laughs> you know i didn't know we could top somebody who lost both their son their yeah, son so yeah. go ahead yeah. people, you know, people the, the worst instincts of people have been cultivated yeah that's worth money and they were always there yeah they were always there. power right. and money yeah yep. yeah yeah i mean if you money. think about it we had the civil war and then we had to go to 140 years so mm-hmm. we just do another one, and they got 140 years. There you go. Another civil war. There yeah, you just, go. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Did you see Kim no Jong-un? Kim Jong-un this morning? Oh, yes. Yeah, so the the well, He's was, been saying that for the past yeah. decade. Was he on the five? or? Uh, yeah, I think he was. Yes, he was on the five. <laughs> I will tell you this. I wouldn't know because I wouldn't watch that show I've never seen eye. it. I, oh, I God, is that show horrible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't tell you how smart it, I am. It's no secret that I was not a big fan of our former president. But I will tell you that... Which one? Well, <laughs> most recent <laughs> form of them. But when he Jimmy started Carter. jacking yeah, around Carter. with Kim Jong-un and Dennis Rodman, I'm like, you know, we've tried I everything know. else. Why not? Why I not? Mean, maybe. And yeah, he I actually know. opened them up a little yeah, bit, but then he, I, did. he didn't finish. Well, it's but, interesting uh, that, that um, uh, of all the documents that are missing, the, the one that they seem to want to, to find the most are the alleged letters to and from Kim Jong-un. Yeah, that's, that's correct, but they can't find him. That's the, I guess that's the one that, that Trump secreted away somewhere where no one will ever find it. Why do you have to say secreted? It sounds like it kind of came it's up like, like secreted. <laughs> secreted, yes. Mm-hmm. That sounds nope. better. Yeah, do it that way. Uh, fine, I'm sorry. I, but, <laughs> I, well, okay. well, here, can we do another take? Well, let's, try <laughs> yeah, let's go back and do another take. take absolutely. Do, don't you think, though... It, is it absolutely impossible for the middle to eventually win over and go, look, both of you, shut the hell up? I did see that in the Star Tribune today, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's an article in the Star Tribune today about the fact that they're trying to claim that people of color have a much harder time buying a house, mm-hmm. which there's no proof, of course, they could offer that that's true. But uh, you should have seen the the letters or the comments they got, about 65 of them, I think one of them, agreed with the article and the rest of the people said well we've had enough of this we've had enough of trying to blame everybody else for your problems right. knock it off well, all yeah. those comments are just a uh, an excuse for people to uh, express their long-held grievances 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I suppose that's true. Any yes. news site, all the articles or all the comments are negative on all the articles. So I shouldn't take Tom's an asshole personally. No, I, I wouldn't. Fuck. <laughs> Brian's done that. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about a thing. I didn't take it personally when 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 some guy wrote uh, the the morning show just went to hell when they fired Stretch. I thought it was wonderful. <laughs> no, the firing, not the other part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Thank you very much. Uh, you and many others. Probably. I still love the fact that any time somebody leaves or gets fired at KQ, it was my fault. It's like, I don't hire and fire people. Leave me alone. <laughs> they still, to this day, they still believe that I, okay, Sprinthal, he's out. No. That's... Heard that before. <laughs> I bet you have. Yeah, I've never been fired, as you know. I've only been fired a couple of times. I've been fired about 50,000 times. I think I've been fired from every job I've ever had other than Capitol Records. and No, this one. I just got fired from this one. You're right. So uh, Capitol Records is the only one I wasn't fired from. I've never been fired uh, unless you count my marriage. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you got to show up for work to get fired, don't you? <laughs> well, ah! uh, a few days a week, ah, yeah. You, <laughs> you can't fire me, I quit doesn't count. Yes, <laughs> that, that that is the deal. Well, we did, we did sort of get fired from our TV show, but... Oh, uh, did you? The... the uh, Sports Friday show, but I love that show. But the, everybody got fired from from the Midwest Sports Channel. Yeah, it's well, more of a layoff, isn't it? Something. It was because of the incompetence of the uh, former accountant who was running the boys, and he he was going to drive a hard bargain with oh, the uh, cable no. with the cable oh, channels. No, no, hard no. bargains are never a good idea. They no, were going to no, have no. to pay you know more more money to have access to our wide catalog of programming, <laughs> and the wide catalog of programming was. The uh, Sports Friday with Stretch and Z, and then the high school volleyball. That was it? Yeah, it was pretty Why much Why do you it. have that smirk on your face when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, how's Z doing, by the way? I haven't talked to him in years. Z? Yeah. Got me. Oh, you haven't talked to him either? He no. just kind of uh, disappeared. Yeah. What's his real name? Too bad. What do you not want to say? Uh, no, you won't find anything. Oh, uh, no? But, but you, could, you could look it up. Mark Zelenovich. Very talented uh, guy. Oh, very talented. Very funny, very talented. And a nice man. I mean, he had his problems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Time to wrap it up early today. Or... Wow. What do you think? Holy Christ. That look on. I wish you could. Oh, I guess they could see the look on your face when you did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a Mark Zelenovich from Minnesota on LinkedIn. His job is listed King of Fredonia. That would be, That'd be Mark. the one. So that would be that's, all, that's the only information on there, though. So, can I try that again? Can I get a one shot? <laughs> that was a good show though i remember they had me on the show one time and they had some like older furniture yeah i know it looked like they'd got you got it from goodwill oh actually. yeah they always remember the that set. is where we got it yeah. oh okay and at the time I, I weighed about 310 i was much bigger than i am now and i walk out and i sit down on the couch and it goes crack like that <laughs> and sometimes it goes rafer get the gun <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was pretty. That fun. was one of his staples. Yeah, it was it? Yeah. You're right. That was yeah. one of his staples. Ray, forget the gun yeah. was a staple. You're right about that. Yeah, we got all the we got all the furniture from Goodwill or Salvation Army. You know that every time I drive past, uh, what is that? It's 50th and the Parkway, because yeah, his house was just a few blocks. Yeah, right. a few houses down. I mean, I think about him every time I drive by there. I yeah, do. Right off Minnehaha Park. Right, right off there. Minnehaha Parkway. That's yeah, exactly and right. and Mount Olivet Church. Yeah, right across there. The street, yeah. Yep, right across the street. But oh, where Alice getting married? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, apparently, Mark was on Bob's uh, BS show in 2020. He was a regular. No, he was on it. Oh, he, he appeared on it. Yeah, oh, really. Uh, episode 1276. 
Apparently, huh. Sansevier's done twelve hundred and seventy-six shows on the same episode. No. It says the Thanksgiving Day episode of the BS Show features host Bob Sansevier being interviewed by KQ Morning Show oh. legend and icon. Oh, okay, that's. Oh, wait, wait, that, wait. Yeah, yeah. Legend and, and icon. And icon. Both, yeah. really? Both at the same time. I believe he's being ironic. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be humor. Uh, yeah, that was. He might be right. Actually, that was an old Stretch and Z Show interview. Oh, okay. He just replayed oh, so it. So they replayed oh, okay. it. Where we, well, what we did was we Which interviewed is, Bob. That's how you get to 1,276 episodes. You, you just do, keep, do replays. 40 of your own and then reboot everything well, else. Not was, untrue. This was 12 years old, I think, this, this interview was, because we'd been off the air for a long time. But. Mm-hmm. But, no, we interviewed Bob, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And then what we did was we edited the thing so that we he had zany, uh, and self-defeating, and uh, just rather sad responses. I like that. Yeah. You made him look really good. Yeah, like, you know, we'd say, Bob, what, what was the, you know, what was the, the best part of your life? You know, and then we would, in another part of it, kind of lead him up to say something that would fit in with that. And then cut it in. So he'd say something like, you know, when I fell off my motorcycle and was in the hospital for 48 days. You know, that kind they of thing. They didn't give Bob a motorcycle, really, did they? No, I don't think so. I was going to say, oh. God, I hope not giving Sansevier a motorcycle. But, but the thing mistake. is, it, it sort of ridiculed there's Bob. There's not a big enough helmet known to man. No, well. there's not. <laughs> exactly. It, it ridiculed Bob, but no one loved it more than he did. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. No, he can take a punch. Right. And that's why we knew we could do it, because we knew Bob would, would like it probably more than we did. You know, one, one of the greatest things, because Sam just got married yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, the, oh, you were at the wedding. I that's was right. There, yeah. You were at the wedding. Hmm? Somebody, I guess, said to her, thank God you look like your mother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh she is a beautiful young woman. Oh, yeah, very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And just a very talented, very funny. Yeah, the uh, I really like her. The uh, cor- the uh, of course the the uh, reception where there were like 250 people mm-hmm. was in Buffalo, Minnesota. Well, where was the wedding? Uh, the wedding was probably in Buffalo. But because I think she lives like not in St. Cloud, but kind of near there. So. I yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, but my Bob lives near there, so. Um, oh, near Buffalo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he, he does indeed. And uh, Bob said that uh, that I was, I think he said I, he, I was one of two liberals among the 250 people. Oh, yeah, he, that's not going to be a big liberal area no, out there. No, no. It's not in Buffalo. No. No, it's probably true. But uh, one thing I will tell you, Brian, you would love about you get your phone rings and you answer your phone. He goes, Hey Tom, it's Bob. I'm like, yeah, I know. That was. That, I know who it is. That, that was that was the way the whole reception was. That's, that's what I heard. He was dancing. He was, was dancing, and he was the he was the master of ceremonies. Oh, he wasn't no. just the father no. of the bride. That's a mistake. And he had a microphone, oh. and he was shouting into it, and he was having a great time. And oh, everybody yeah, had a great it. time. That's what I heard. It was a terrific wedding. Yeah, and I had uh, of the 250 people there, I think. I, I didn't know anybody, basically. Um, but I think about six or seven people came up to me and asked me where they could find a good accountant. <laughs> <laughs> nice Jewish boy, yeah, you'll you know. know. It's Buffalo, Minnesota. You'll know. Uh, you know any cobblers? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. There's no question about it. It was a lot of fun. Sandy. And I heard he was he was very happy at that wedding, as yeah, yeah. he should have been. Apparently she... Uh, this married guy had a little gelt, huh? That's what I understand. Uh, yeah. I don't really. Uh, I wasn't yeah. able to, uh, you know, check it out personally, but uh, 
<laughs> I mean, anytime. Look, this is not a knock on the guy, but anytime you see a guy with two last name with two last names, you figure, well, he could have some dough. What's his first name again? Uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne. That's his yeah. first name is Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. So what would you call him? Thorn? Hoth? What would you call him? Uh, rich boy? I don't know. <laughs> No, oh. I, I have I have no idea. Let's go with RB. I have no idea. I don't know anything about him. Uh, names are good. But he he's probably a very nice guy if he if he See, ma- married Sam. Told, yeah. Everybody told me. It, All right, let's switch gears. I've got one question that I didn't ask you, and this one, don't worry, it's not going to be terrible. Okay. Did she or didn't she? Our friend at the Harbor Inn retire. Um, she did. She they, did. They did. See, now. Well, you they climbed did all over me I last climbed summer. On you, but, uh, oh, so Ryan. what we're talking about? There's a, a famous couple in Red Wing, uh, Patty and her husband, the Bear. And Patty is how old would Patty you say? Patty is 71. Yep. And she's tiny, and she serves over at the Harbor Inn. She also runs marathons and stuff like yep. that. And she's just like most outrageously dressed person at you've ever met. She especially runs in Red Wing. Yeah. I mean, she'll have purple and pink and blue hair. And on the Fourth of July, she's got oh. shiny, sparkly bikinis on. And she, had, I had <laughs> talked to her because I've known, I got to know her a little bit. To say we're friends is overstepping it. And I. She goes, yep, this will be our last summer here at the Harbor. Going to go. And I posted something on, and Brian must have had a couple because he let me have it. Yeah, <laughs> river, you asshole. What happens when you, she retires every year. Well, see, that was Eric Eaton that said that to you. Oh, but, that's uh, what it was. They're just stopping there. They're still Santa Claus. They go out to California yeah. in the winter, and he, Bear's still Santa Claus. Bear was an all-star wrestler. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he's all over he's YouTube. He's just a great so couple, super yeah. interesting people. With the AW. Here? Yep, yep. He well, wrestled all do, the. Do I know him? Well, I, God, I hung out and lifted weights with all those guys. Well, he, well, he ain't lifted up many weights since he <laughs> left there. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's. But um, you know, they're just wonderful people. They, they really just are. Really wonderful people, and you know, they. That's they're a staple at that outside bar, so it's going to be hard. Well, to, and they come over to Cindy's on the fourth because one of her friends, who's also named Patty. Right. Was my wife's boss at Kings Cove when Sarah, when Sarah was in high school. So the wow. three of them hang out, and that's kind yeah. of how, how I got to know her. A yeah, bit. yep. Ha! That's ha! Right. So, so I'm sorry. And it's not the end of the year, and I got I got finally got one thing right. I'm really <laughs> pleased with myself. You did get it right. I know. How did it happen? A month and a half to go. Two months. Just give me a, a bad memory. Thanks. I'm sorry. What Joel's do they do just now? On side, just on a side note, with Patty. Um, do you remember the Drew Shadeen incident? Oh, sure. oh, yeah. sure. So I've been Absolutely. friends with Drew's dad before this oh, happened really? to Drew. So Sven, is, uh, they have the Drew Shadeen 10K and the golf tournament and everything. Mm-hmm. And Linda, Sven's wife, calls me up, sends me a picture, goes, do you recognize this girl? And it was Patty running the 10K. Wow. And she just bef- she didn't know her. And she just befriended her because she was running alone. And all of a sudden, they're, now they're talking about me. You know, it's <laughs> and, a small you town. Know, yeah. And then, uh, great town. You know, it sends me a picture. It's like, my God, oh, it's such a small world. You know, it's running. But Patty's legs are just like that. And yeah. she just keeps, keeps going. 
I don't know that I'll be able to go to the harbor without them there because they're the only people that could ever get anything done. The harbor bar is just a fun place to hang out. Oh yeah, if you're not in a hurry. Well, yeah, at well, all. Well, even Patty, you know, I've I've ordered food for Patty over there and. Two hours later, I start to get up to leave. I haven't even got my food yet. Oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, you forgot to pay your bill, Brian. I said, I didn't get any fucking food. <laughs> <laughs> I, got nothing. I didn't want to bitch yet. And it could be something yeah. as complicated as burger and a fries. Well, yeah, it's still Now, they do there. make great jerk chicken down there if you like Jamaican yeah. food because oh. half of their staff is from Jamaica. They come up in the summertime oh. and work there. So, so anyway. Is it slower than the sandwich shop at the Itasca building was? Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, That's yeah. No, it was like five times slower than that. Oh, my God. So this was where the original studio was, and there was a sandwich shop on the entry level just off Washington Avenue, and it was always pretty good, and then a bunch of potheads bought it, and they made really good food. They did. It would right. take them 20 minutes to make a sandwich, and oh. you're the only person there. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I wonder if they're still there. I would, be, I would be surprised if they survived uh, COVID. the COVID yeah. shutdown. Well, it's also been, what, four or five years since we've Has been in really? Yeah. It's, it's been, been that long. long. I think oh. so. It's been quite a while, yeah. They only left behind about $150,000 worth of granite tops. and. Oh, God, yeah, that place was nice. Place that was, that was nice. I like going there. 708 North 1st Street. Let's there see you go. Here. I think we ought to wrap her up, boys and girls. Why, because you got two minutes left? Yeah. In the Loop Coffee Company? Was that them? Mm, I don't think so. Who knows? Well, then I think it's, yeah, it's a new place now. Probably true. Well, the reason we did move out of that building is because all the parking got taken up. Yeah. But they built a a building across the street and all the parking went away. I don't know how Acme gets anybody to park over there. Where do they park? I don't know. Uh, It's kind of weird. But over there in uh, North First Street. All right. You're the host, Buster Brown. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in, Brian. It was, uh, Brian, I know it was you. a really tough thing to talk about, but I think it's important. If anybody it does tickle a memory, I said this is a long shot, reach out to me at Doug at Walzer.com, and uh, we'll send the SWAT teams over to, no, we won't do that. Will we? Well, <laughs> only if I get there first. Well, you might. <laughs> exactly. Uh, We'll be back next week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets.